Welcome back to another week, another edition of the Better Baseball Podcast, WindDailySports.com. My name is John Jansen, getting you through today's slate. Not an overly large slate for today, and we're going to get right into it. Uh, we won't go over things over the weekend, although uh, Aaron Nola and the Phillies, they get the win yesterday, which is great. And as you can see, we're going to go back to that game today, but I, I need to start right away because we have a game actually coming up, and it's not many times I'm able to do this. Um, basically, I'm leading you up to the first game of the slate, and that is the Boston Red Sox against the Chicago White Sox. Patriots Day, obviously a big day for Boston and the Red Sox. And this line has been kind of all over the place here, as we can see, um, if we can get the DraftKings Sportsbook app to work here a little bit. But uh, what what I do like here, I do like the Red Sox. That line has moved. It was plus money, and it moved all the way to, I think, minus 103 is the last thing I saw here uh, before everything kind of crashed down a bit. But I saw minus 103 as of late, and that's where it stands right now. That is really low. Um, or at least it's it's shifted a lot compared to what I saw this morning. This morning was plus 105. I've, I've seen plus 108. Uh, there's been a lot of line movement, and I'm going to actually follow that, to be honest with you. I don't know whether or not the public money is backing the Red Sox. I imagine it would be backing Lucas Giolito because he has been one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. He has been outstanding so far this season. Uh, but I actually like the Red Sox in this matchup. First of all, Nathan Yavaldi has been great. Uh, so I want to give him a little bit of value. I want to give Nathan Yavaldi a shot here to really uh, prove that he has been great and prove that he can be a very good pitcher for the Red Sox. And I'm going to take it at minus one of three. It's in Boston. Obviously a big day for them uh, in Boston today. Giolito's obviously going to get his work done and he's going to do very well. I imagine I looked at the player props. There is no way I'm taking anything here. Eovaldi uh, hasn't really hit that five and a half number too often. Lucas Giolito, uh, seven and a half, but it is juiced all the way up. So it's really a non-play for me there. Where I'm going to go, though, I'll just stick with the money line, to be honest with you. I'll take the Red Sox. I'll take my chances with them at home. They are 10 and 4 this season. The White Sox have not been consistent whatsoever. Uh, they have not been able to break over 500. And uh, I think this is their fourth time going for it this season. It's been a rough kind of start for them. Yoan Moncada is out of the lineup, although they are putting in lefty Jake Lamb. So the lefty on Eovaldi, obviously uh, playing a little bit of the matchup there as well. I just don't see it here for the White Sox. Uh, or at least I, I liked it better with the Red Sox given that it was plus money now, minus 103. I'm hesitating a little bit on it, and I, I have to be honest, I don't like that it's moved that much. But also, when we see line movement like that, I kind of like to follow it in baseball, and I think I'm going to follow it here and follow it with the Red Sox. It would have been better if you went on last night and was able to get it, or you went on this morning uh, and you were able to get it earlier, plus 105, plus 108. Uh, but minus one of three, that has been just a, a bunch of line movement that, you know, still I'm on the Red Sox, but the value there uh, is a little bit lost. It's probably right where it should be now uh, between the Red Sox and White Sox. Next game I'm going to go to, and look, I get it. I'm, I'm the Phillies guy around here, not the Mets guy on WindDailySports.com. WindDailySports.com slash chat is where you can chat. 
uh, with them, not only about the Mets, but also any bets you need to make. Uh, NBA DFS, Major League Baseball DFS as well. There are already articles up, MLB DFS picks and pivots, uh, telling you starting pitchers that you should go for today, but also a few stacks. And this is a game that I know Brian is looking to stack and even have a mini stack. So stacking the Giants and then mini stacking the Phillies because there are a couple of plays, a couple of really strong left-handed bats that should do well against Kevin Gaussman. Look, I I hesitate with a stack in this game just because I think Gaussman and Anderson have both been pretty good, uh, but it's the fact that these lineups have just been awful. And, you know, even the Phillies, they hit much better at home. I think they're hitting at a clip of around 200 on the road, plus 263 at home. Their splits at home are obviously much, much better. So that that has something to do with this. But you just look at the home record. I'm getting even money in a, in a matchup and against the team. Look, you can look at Kevin Gaussman and tell me that you know he's he's doing well and that's great. That's uh, it's good. And Kevin Gaussman is somebody that you should be maybe in, in DFS absolutely looking at. And I think Brian's right. But to win this game, that's where I tend to just hold back a little bit here uh, because I just am not sure if the Giants are that good and good enough to win a game on the road and to really tag Chase Anderson for that many runs. I'm going to play, and I've been doing it all along, and uh, if you did it in the Cardinals series and the Phillies won two out of three in that one, and I think they start off with a win here. I don't care if it's Chase Anderson. If this was Matt Moore, then obviously that's the one glaring hole, the one starting pitcher that uh, if he's on the mound for the Phillies, which I don't, I imagine he won't be anymore. Uh, Matt Moore will not be a starting pitcher. I don't think again for the Phillies this season. We'll see uh, maybe a spot starter too, but I can't imagine that he goes out there for another uh, spot in the rotation. But Chase Anderson has not been as bad. Chase Anderson's actually been solid. For, for a guy who's fit fourth, fifth in their rotation, the back end, uh, he's actually been doing pretty well. And I, I don't think this is a spot where you fade the Phillies and fade that you know home record just because it's Chase Anderson on the mound. I don't think he is that much of a disadvantage for the Phillies, especially against this lineup. There are some key pieces in this lineup for the Phillies that can get after Gaussman. I know Gene Segura has very good numbers against Gaussman and the Phillies in general have hit Gaussman pretty well throughout his career. Uh, but Bryce Harper, Didi Gregorius, left-handed bats with power that should do a pretty good job against Kevin Gaussman. And I think that they're going to do enough to win this one. Phillies are seven and two at home. So basically that means again, they're seven and two straight up uh, at home. I think I'm going to take a chance on that, especially at even money. Uh, if this was Aaron Nola, uh, Eflin, Wheeler, obviously this money line probably balloons up to minus 140, uh, something around there. This is even money. I don't care about the pitching matchup. Kevin Gaussman isn't that good to where I, you know, he's on the mound and I automatically have to fade the Phillies. No, uh, I'm taking the home road splits. I think the Phillies are the better team. Uh, they've been hitting better at home. The Giants have been not been hitting well at all this season. Uh, so I'll take the Phillies plus 100 even money. I think that's actually a pretty good play for today. And today, it's not a large slate. Um, a couple of okay matchups. I think, honestly, the best two are right here at the top for me. With the Red Sox, you lose a little bit of the value, but I like still minus 103. It's right around even money, I think is fine. Uh, and then even money plus 100 for the Phillies, I think is a great play. Uh, it might be, honestly, my favorite play on the board, and I get it. I know 
again, I'm a Phillies fan, but I think it might be my favorite play on the board at plus 100. Um, I, I tried to look at, and right now we don't have any strikeout props, so we need to wait for those. Uh, Danny Duffy is somebody you might want to look at for strikeout props. Um, and also Dylan Bundy, especially uh, strikeout props against the Rangers. So those are two strikeout props to look at, but obviously we don't have those yet. I'll go to another game here where I feel like I'm getting some value. Um, Brandon Woodruff's good, and he doesn't have any win yet so far this season. You know, Let's go with it. I think Brandon Woodruff, mark me down here, Brandon Woodruff gets his first, first win of the season. Now, the Brewers are 2-1 and one in his start. So they've won two games. The last one that he came out for was against the Cubs. Uh, they ended up losing. But Woodruff's a very good pitcher. And I think he gets a little bit out of the spotlight because of what Corbin Burns is doing. Corbin Burns, obviously, he's a Cy Young candidate, probably a Cy Young front runner in the National League at this point, also with Jacob DeGrom, too. Uh, but he, he gets a little overshadowed by his uh, fellow uh, pitcher there in the rotation in Corbin Burns, but Brandon Woodruff has been great. Obviously, we know Joe Musgrove. Uh, he has been spectacular this season, but he doesn't go very deep into games. Um, the only game he did was that no hitter, but you know he, he barely goes over 80 pitches. I think 77. He had a one game, 81 in another. So it was really only that no hitter and where Joe Musgrove was able to go over 100 pitches and go deep into a game. He doesn't really do that. And I don't know how deep he goes here. I can't trust the Padres. Now, obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr. is back, which obviously helps out for the Padres. Uh, but I don't know if I can trust them in this spot, especially at a price of minus 148. You know, I, I want to give Brandon Woodruff a little credit here. I want to give Brandon Woodruff uh, actually, you know, a, a chance to do this. Now, if, if you're scared of the Brewers, I understand it because the Brewers don't have Christian Yelich. And this is the one, if they had Yelich in here against Musgrove, that's a left-handed bat that should be able to uh, put up some runs and help out against a pitcher like Joe Musgrove. But uh, obviously, Christian Yelich is not in the lineup. That hurts. Uh, Joe Musgrove is definitely a candidate for strikeout props here as well. Uh, I can't trust the Brewers' offense, but I'm going to play the price. I think the Padres are way overpriced here. I don't think uh, Brandon Woodruff is getting enough credit. Uh, Joe Musgrove is being basically uh, priced here as the premium pitcher when I don't think he is. And, oh, look at this. Look at this. A little surprise guest. Is this Brian? Is this Brian? On the podcast here, how you doing, man? What's up, brother? You always ask. You always ask if somebody wants to jump on. I had a couple minutes, and I'm like, you know what? I'm coming in. I'm Let's coming do in it. And you know board. what? I love it because I use your article as the way it's meant to be done. MLB DFS picks and pivots as kind of you know it's an all encompassing guide context uh, for me to help out with the slate. And so I'll ask you right away um, with this one because I know you talked about Joe Musgrove a little bit. Is, is this one where Joe Musgrove can be fine, but? I feel like the Padres are way overpriced at minus 148. So just in general, every pitcher on this slate, I think, has a path to a ceiling. I also yeah. think they have a path to a floor. I don't think that any of these guys is like this lock solid, you know, rock solid lock tonight. I just don't see it because every argument that I can make for them, I could make a counter for uh, the argument against them. And so you know, when I'm looking at, at all of these guys, like Musgrove to me, the one thing that scared me, the metrics look great. What really makes me nervous is the pitch count. Um, 
other than his no hitter where he threw 112 pitches, he only threw 80 and I think it was like 80 and 85 pitches, something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers, but he's not pitching deep. So now, you know, are you really looking to go that deep with these guys? Um, Cause you're kind of paying market price for a little bit of an unknown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think Brandon Woodruff, maybe, it, do you think he's getting overshadowed a little bit by the Corbin Burns, uh, you know, hype because Corbin Burns is the one everybody's talking about, but Woodruff's been great. He doesn't have the win yet, but that's mainly because the Brewers are bad, but the Brewers are two and one in his starts. So I think obviously the win loss record isn't really telling here. You yep. may need to look at the fact that they're two and one in his starts, which if that's the case, I think the pot, I think the Brewers are actually a bit of a, a value here. Plus one twenty five. Yeah, and I think what'll scare people off from Woodruff is just the Padres now that they're healthy. That lineup's just incredibly good. It's just not one that people are going to want to attack. So uh, my guess is, and I took a first look at ownership this morning, is that he is overlooked and rightfully so. So he's going to be somebody that people just aren't going to go. It's probably going to make the Padres in general um, an offense. People aren't going to go out of their way to target. They're not going to go Woodruff against them. It's going to be like, this game feels like Musgrove or nothing, uh, yeah. you know, how people look at it. WindailySports.com. Hey, check out MLB DFS picks and pivots for my guy, Brian. So, all right, help us out with the slate here a little bit. What's something that stood out to you? You see my three plays here. I have the Red Sox on the money line, uh, even though that's moved a lot and I'm losing a little bit of value. But um, I like Eovaldi against the White Sox lineup. Um, they did, they've actually been doing pretty well against right-handed pitching, but uh, I think Eovaldi does a great job there. I'm going with the Phillies at home. I'm going with the 7-2 and two record at plus 100 even money. I find that to be a little bit of value, even though Kevin Gossman is on the mound against Chase Anderson. But where else should I be looking uh, other than those three games? It's funny because I, I I will tell you that I feel the I don't know so I'll take the I'll take the money line component out of it um, as a as a Mets fan as you can clearly see behind yeah. it. so I'm going I'm going to preface that with saying that I'm never going to like the Phillies that's um, fine fair the but what's interesting this game to me I think what actually stood out as you had it up on the screen was the over under the the one eighty you know, the of the eight point five I think this game could be an absolute just slugfest because. I think what you're seeing is, you know, when you look at the the two teams, what really stood out to me was funny. I started the day looking at Gaussman. I liked that, hit, you know, him as a play. Um, but then I flipped it to the other side and started looking at the Giants bats against Chase Anderson. And what was really interesting is Anderson's splits are so drastically bad against left-handed batters. <laughs> The top of this Giants lineup is just going to go lefty, 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 lefty. It's going to be Listella, Yastrzemski, Dickerson, Belt. Every single one of them hammers lefty pitching. And when you dig even deeper, they hammer his pitch types really well. So this could be a spot where, you know, I talk about this a lot in DFS with like the game stacking component. You, you know, the Phillies bullpen is good. So I don't, you know, you're kind of taking the approach of you're going to have to attack Chase Anderson early and hope you get the bad bullpen arms. Because if this yeah. game drags out and it's like a three to four kind of game, like you're you're going to get the good arms. If Vince Velasquez has to come in in the fourth inning, then that's yeah, the that's guy you want. You want <laughs> Chase Anderson to give up like six runs in the first inning, and then all of a sudden they go, all right, well we're on to tomorrow. You know, double V, go, you know. Come give us three innings of mop-up duty, and that's where you uh, you make a lot of money. But that w- this is an interesting – like Gaussman on the other side of it, what's interesting with him is his struggles are all lefty, right? The Phillies aren't a left-handed hit in the lineup, right? It's Harper, and it'll be Didi, and that's basically it. 
Um, so he actually, Adam and I were, you know, Strangest and I were talking about this morning a little bit. Gaussman's in play to be used, but I could also see, listen, he, he gets in trouble. He makes one or two mistakes. It's good. You know, and, and you put Harper or Didi up in the right spot. Um, you know, it's, it's decent weather now here in the Northeast too. So you're starting to get a little bit, a little bit warmer. I don't I have my windows open already this morning. It was beautiful. It's, it's fantastic. It's a nice day. The wind's supposed to, it's, I think I was looking at, you know, it's a couple mile per hour blowing out in citizens bank park. It's not a spot you typically are going to want to a pitcher who struggles against lefties in that stadium. All right. So going to some of the other games, what games am I overlooking? Uh, is there any game here that I should be paying attention to? I know because I see Flaherty on and, you know, maybe I should be taking the Cardinals, but I'm worried about them on the road against the Nationals. You know, Danny Duffy, Josh Fleming. That's an interesting matchup. Dylan Bundy. And I know you actually had a really good breakdown about Dylan Bundy. Let's go actually re on that one. And uh, that'll be one of the last things we do here uh, because you had a great breakdown of Dylan Bundy, because I think on the surface, Dylan Bundy striking out guys. And the Rangers strike out a lot. But why is that maybe not the case in this game? Well, so I think it's two things. I think the Rangers strike out a lot, and they strike out against right-handed pitching a lot. By the way, that was all in entirely almost one game against Joe Musgrove, is yeah. skewing that statistic drastically. I think we so, all remember that game. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that, that you know, a no-hitter tends to do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the other part, too, is if you look at Bundy's splits, he's uh, he's always been a guy who has been more reverse splits. So he dominates right-handed hitters. He gets high K rates against right-handed hitters. Texas, while they do strike out a lot, they're going to throw a lot of lefties. So the splits don't necessarily work in his favor here. So it's, it's an interesting one where his matchup on paper isn't as good as maybe you look at the Rangers, you see high K rate, and you think that's the guy I got to go with. Yeah. Is there any chance you, because of that, not saying that Dylan Bundy gets rocked, but any chance that it gives the, the Rangers a shot in this game to where maybe a money line plus 180 um, seems a little bit tempting? Or is the pitching matchup still just, uh, you know, even though the splits, like you just said, are, are like that, it's still a little bit too much and uh, can't really. No, trust because the I actually, like, it's, it's tough. I don't, to be honest, I don't think we know enough about. Um, Arihara on the other side of yeah. this game to know whether he's actually good or bad because his splits so far actually tell you his numbers haven't been bad. He's not giving up a ton of hard contact. He doesn't strike anybody out, but he's not giving up a ton of hard contact. So, you know, if that's happening and he's not giving up a lot of power, he's got a high ground ball rate. That could be another one where it's like this could end up just breaking the right way where he limits the damage. The Angels don't. I mean, let's be honest. You look at that Angels lineup, and outside of Trout sitting in the middle, who are you really that afraid of? Right? You just like, have you to get, get past Trout, Rendon, and Otani, and once well, you get past out, those guys, right? Yeah, I'm Rendon's so, out. So just so get now past that Trout and Otani, yeah. Him. Yep. Right. And so now it's like, okay, I've got Rojas and Pujols and Iglesias and Suzuki. That's not a strong bottom mm -hmm. of a lineup. So you know, if he can limit the damage, and listen, Texas can. Texas has power. So. um, there, I, I like that one. That that, and I also, I gotta say, I actually like um, the Mariners too. Just in the sense of, I think wow. that, that that would be a little bit of a crazy one because I don't think Justice Sheffield is as bad as people are going to make him out to be today. So you're just finding a little bit of value in that, absolutely, in Justin Sheffield. Well, how about this? If I can look at maybe if I can hit the right game instead of the wrong one, I think there's a lot of movement. Oh yeah, the White Sox and uh, Red Sox. Hey, how about that? The Major League Baseball slate has already started. As we're doing there you the go. podcast, baseball should always start at 11 a.m. It's I wish that would be amazing. <laughs> um. It's a little bit juiced up, which I was hoping wouldn't be. 
Uh, is there a chance we see an under four and a half in the first five? Uh, ju give Justice Sheffield a little bit of credit. He goes through five because obviously the variables of once you get into the bullpen with the Mariners in full game, I don't like. But Dustin May, Justice Sheffield, if you think, and I agree with you, that Justice Sheffield could shut them down, yep. maybe we get a first five under four and a half. And yep. I, I think actually like, kind of cruise. I like that because there's the, that's the, a very real path to that happening because I don't, I don't love the Seattle bats against May, but then – you know, I, I like the. I think Sheffield can honestly get make his way through this with limiting damage. I love this. All right, I got to take off all the left-handed batters I highlighted for home runs. This is what we have. This is actually really great. Now, uh, I we have the Red Sox on the money line minus one and three. Brewers plus one twenty-five. The Phillies even money have on the money line over eight and a half. That's a nice little Brian special he's giving us there. Which uh, that's that's the thing with the Phillies betting him even money. I'm taking a chance on the home road splits, knowing full well though that they could get blown out or you you're right. Six, in, six runs could be scored in the first inning. So I'm, I'm still going to take my chances, the home road splits and just hope that Chase Anderson doesn't get blown up as much, but the one game I want to take a chance on because you just sold me there. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the Rangers at plus 180, uh, that is a, a little bit too much for me. And I think the Bundy splits against left-handed hitting, not that he's going to get, uh, destroyed or he's going to be run out of there early, but there's potential for the Rangers to put up a few runs while the angels, I think can be limited a bit. Uh, so plus 180 on the Rangers and then a first five under four and a half for the Dodgers and Mariners, man, that's how it's done. Brian, you did that in like four or five minutes and th that's what we got. We got a bunch of games, a bunch of bets. Now, uh, Brian, thanks for joining me again. Uh, MLB DFS, picks and pivots that they can check out follow you at two lock sports that is brian my name is john jansen this is the better baseball podcast we'll be back tomorrow at 10 30 a.m as well and i got another guest for you that's going to be really great but brian it was great to uh talk with him windailysports.com check out mlb dfs picks and pivots uh, we'll be back tomorrow on the better baseball podcast You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.